and welcome to our 11th episode of Voices in Miami. I'm Olivia Martin-Johnson. I'm one of the co-founders and co-hosts of this podcast, and I'm here with Josie Blum, our other co-founder and co-host, as well as Future Changemaker. Josie and I, Future Changemakers, interviewing Future Changemakers, are passionate about giving space for students to express their concerns, hence our purpose for creating Voices in Miami. In today's episode, like I mentioned, we will be interviewing future change makers. Hey guys, I'm Josie, and I am so excited to finally be able to introduce this episode's guests, and yes, guests with an S at the end. Um, in today's 11th episode, we meet Sasha Boyers and Kate Perez, co-founders of the mental health awareness nonprofit organization, Naturally Human Miami. We today are privy to talk to them about their advocacy in the name of SDG4, my SDG, quality education, and SDG16, peace, justice, and strong institutions as it pertains to their project. Uh, Kate and Sasha are raising awareness and creating conversations about mental health issues affecting teens and young adults today through educational forums, fundraising efforts, and even more. Sasha, Kate, welcome to our episode. Thank you. Thank you. So ladies, um, I know I just, you know, gave a cute little summary of what y'all are doing, um, but do you guys want to introduce yourselves to our constituents? Sure. Okay, so I'm Sasha. Um, I'm one of the founders of Naturally Human, um, and I'll let Kate introduce herself. Um, I'm Kate. I'm the other co-founder of our nonprofit, and Sasha and I both go to Gulliver, and we started this nonprofit last year in 2020. Yeah, like start of sophomore year. Amazing. Um, I mean, but can you tell us what is the nonprofit? Yes. Sorry, yes. I know I cut you off there, but yes. Yeah. So Naturally Human, as you said before, is a, a mental health awareness organization. Um, our main goals are to educate people in our community or even outside of our community um, about different mental health topics. Um, and we're hoping that through this education, we're eliminating the stigma that surrounds mental health because we believe this stigma um, really, you know, provides, you know, where the stigma almost like doesn't allow people to get access to proper resources or help when they are suffering or they see a friend suffering and may, may not know the signs or don't know how to approach the situation. And so we've been doing this through educational forums, um, events, fundraisers, um, and these fundraisers are really just raising like money for other um, mental health resources or other organizations. And going off what Sasha said, we've had four events so far, and most of them have been online, like presentations because of COVID, and hopefully we get to do like in-person events soon, but we've done a presentation on eating disorders and like the myths of diet culture. We've done a presentation on the connection between mental illness and substance abuse, and we also did a presentation recently on cult deprogramming, and we also did a fundraiser for suicide prevention where we sold club hoodies and all the profit went to NAMI, which is a local um, mental health institute. And that was our first event, actually. And we're currently planning more and hopefully do in-person events soon. Okay, I know that sometimes I am deaf, but did you just say cult reprogramming? Yes, yes we did. So 
Um, this was, so we wanted to do something that would attract a larger audience just because this is such an interesting topic. It really does catch your attention, I feel, because who doesn't want to learn about cults? It's, you know, we see it on TV. Um, and so there's this guy who actually teaches at Beth Om about cults. Um, and what he used to do back in the day was he would deprogram these people from cults who um, were so stuck psychologically in these cults, did not know, you know, what was real and what wasn't. And so he would take these people and honestly, it was at some times putting himself in dangerous situations um, and he would get them out of these cults. Um, and, you know, he presented and I have to say it was really interesting. He had really interesting stories to tell. Um, and it's really, it's just so interesting, the psychology that really like goes into cults and how really just how it sucks you in. And it's just so hard to get out of it. So that was an interesting conversation to have. Oh my God. Like, I, like, I didn't even know that people did that, but that's very cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, Olivia, you want to ask the next question before I ask? Yeah, mine's kind of more, um, more broad, more before we get into some more specifics, but can you guys tell us like how you started Naturally Human? What was the inspiration besides like the purpose that you guys have to do this? Was there something that triggered um, the idea or why did you think of education as the main forum? Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Sure. Oh, you want to I'll let Kate start. Um, I think a big part of it was like the lack of focus on it in our school. There just was no talk about mental health. Like there were posters around the school, but there was nothing like really significant. And like, we wanted to make a change. And like Sasha and I have been talking about this like all through high school. Like we took AP psychology together and like we were got like very passionate about psychology and that's kind of what I guess sparked it in a way. And then we kind of noticed that there was no talk about it. Like the school hadn't addressed it at all. And like teens experience a lot of mental health issues. And I think it's important to talk about that in high school. So I think that's what really, it triggered me and Sasha to wanting to start something like this, but not just affiliated with Gulliver, affiliated with all of Miami so that all schools can experience that. Yeah, and also I, there was a tragedy at our school um, and this I think really opened the eyes of a lot of people at our school about how it's so important to be educated so you can pick up on different signs or signals that, you know, something's wrong with someone um, and although this can really honestly be really difficult and hard to find it, it definitely being educated on this subject does help um, and when I saw this tragedy occur I realized that there was almost like a void that like I felt could be filled I feel like people were more willing to be educated on this topic because it was so the just the reaction to our at our school was so intense that you could almost feel it and it just I knew people would be more motivated to learn about something that Kate and I have already been educated on and are like already kind of pretty familiar with um me for example my mom's a psychologist so I grew up you know learning all about eating disorders she specializes in eating disorders so eating disorders and just always being educated so mental health never really like the stigma was never really like a thing to me I was very normalized and I had a lot of friends growing up and myself and Kate have both all struggled for um with mental health and so it was something I realized that in our community was needed um because I felt that people really were not educated and they should have been I mean yeah I I I completely agree 
that like while while we all understand the concepts of certain mental health uh I don't want to say disorders but issues right problems that most of us at least in high school experience now more than we were aware before it's like something we really don't talk about right like like do you go home and you're like mom I have an eating disorder right like I feel that like you should be able to talk to your parents about it. You should be able to talk to your friends about it. You should be able to like accept it yourself. Talk to yourself about it. I know I talk to myself in mirror literally every single day, right? Um, but I I think it's important that we all understand that it's not like like destigmatize mental health, right? And like mental health awareness and getting help, right? So I think it's amazing. Do you guys have any like? specific stats you can share with us about like what you guys have accomplished so far during your projects run we do somewhere kid do you have like the amount of, I, we have like money we've raised and um i mean at our eating disorder event i think we had about 50 60 participants which was a lot considering it was online um i think eating disorders are such a problem in Miami especially. Um, so I think that a lot of people were very motivated to come to this one. Um, that was probably our largest event. Um, and then I'm not sure how much money we raised for NAMI. I think we raised like around like $500, which was definitely more than we thought we would make because that's what our first event. So we were pretty small, um, but definitely the eating disorder was like the biggest one that we had. And also the mental, illness connection to substance abuse is also a pretty big one and we raised I think $450 around there so I think the the eating disorder one was close to six or seven hundred it was yeah. a, it was quite the big that's amazing yeah. yeah I think that really shows how um students know that this is an issue and I think that at least I know people personally who have struggled with eating disorders it tends to not even be um, it tends to even be somewhat com not common, but there's a lot of people that that tend to have that issue but not talk about it, um, especially our age and especially in the setting of high school with all these like social pressures and social media and stuff. Um, so I was wondering, this is more of like a question uh, based on like what you guys think as opinionated like thoughts. Um, in high school, I feel like mental health can is treated as a joke with students. A lot of the times, um, like you hear certain comments um, brought up like as jokes. So how do you guys, I guess, individually, and how do you address these jokes that kids tend to make um, without thinking about like people that are actually struggling with these disorders and with these, um, like with these mental health issues? I think like a big part of it is just a lack of like awareness and education for what these mental health issues really are. Like people will joke like, oh, I'm anxious. Oh, I'm depressed. Like when like depression is a really serious topic, but people when they're just sad, like they'll say, oh, I am depressed. But really, like that's not the case. Like depression is a serious issue and there's more things that go into depression than what people think about. So like that's an example, like just I guess that goes back to like educating people like schools including more mental health like it, presentations bringing speakers like just something in general because if people won't like educate themselves on it then like those jokes are going to keep going around and like saying I have anxiety I have depression people make jokes about eating disorders all the time when like they eat so much and like or when they don't eat enough they're like oh like I don't want to eat today so I can feel skinny like that can trigger people and I think just being conscious and aware of what you're saying is gonna like, be the way to go 
Yeah, and I feel like when people make those jokes, oh, I'm so depressed, it's really not validating for people who are really, you know, suffering. Um, and also the eating disorder jokes. I mean, I can say personally that when my friends make those jokes, I always make sure to pull them aside and talk to them privately because um, the point of this organization is to be able to be aware of the signs. And if I see my friends not eating or talking about not eating, I wanna make sure that I'm at least trying my best to um, you know, not confront them, but you know, let them know that I'm here for them and that if they need help, um, that I'm here and if they need help getting, you know, help, I'm always a good resource. A lot of people have always come to me for different resources that they can go to. Um, but it's definitely something I take seriously when a friend brings it up because usually a joke can sometimes not really be a joke. Right. And like going back to what we were saying, like it's high school, right? We we're, we've been growing up watching all these movies of like high school musical right and like glee and all these different shows that portray these mental health issues as not being an issue as being a joke so what happens when we come to high school we don't take them serious right and like I just think go, going back to what I was saying like we just have to destigmatize the idea of mental health awareness right um jumping off of that idea what do you guys think that not necessarily as individuals, but as a community, what can we do? Like either city council, like school board, like st like think stuff like that, um, local, state, national, however big you wanna think, but how do you think that we could address the idea of mental health and mental health awareness and destigmatizing mental health issues? Um, I think like in school specifically, just like doing small things, like bringing in presenters, like to do presentations or doing like interactive activities. Like at our school, they brought in mental health counselors, like specific counselors for mental health, which I guess helps in a way. And then they brought in like um, emotional support dogs to school one day, just doing small things like that. I feel like that would make kids want to learn more about mental health and like engage in like an entertaining way, just because it's there's not much to talk about in schools right now. And if you do like a class or like a sit down, like lecture, like kids are not going to pay attention realistically. So doing like more interactive activities, I feel would help a lot. Um, and I also think more state, I think that, you know, we're lucky enough to go to a private school where we really do have more access to, you know, not more school focused education, but other areas, drugs, mental health, we're lucky to have that, but more in the public school systems, um, I feel like it's lacking. We do have HIP. Um, I know Palmetto has HIP as well. <laughs> and that, uh, although it does cover some mental health topics, I feel it doesn't cover it like too much in depth because when you really sit down and learn about one single topic, you learn so much, especially, you know, for example, our eating disorder topic, people learn things that they didn't really know before. And when you're lightly like, you know, skimming over the surface, how much are you really absorbing and learning and how much is that or can you really use that information to help your friends obviously you are now aware of what it is but like are you going to learn on how to help them not really so i feel like if we could really implement more education just focus on mental health because it's such a large problem um you know in high school students especially after the pandemic considering there was a whole mental health crisis um i just definitely think that there should definitely be more um 
mental health um, education in high schools, especially public schools? I think that um, is a really good point because every, it's something that all high schools have in common is this, um, is the issue of students not being able to find help or of simply needing more of that education, more of the exposure. Um, so I had two questions, they're somewhat similar, but as we're talking about finding help at school, have you guys touched upon the idea of like the, it's just a, a thought or a comment that I've heard the student, the counselor to student ratio, like is that, is there really a difference there? Do you think counselors are the main like motivation? Because I think that's a really big differentiation between like public and private schools, right? Is that it, in private schools, there's a lot less, um, uh, counselors have a lot less students to deal with. So it's more one-on-one -on -one versus in public schools where there's less counselors and more students. Um, and then the like relating question, I'm sorry, it might sound complicated, but it makes sense, I promise. Um, you guys mentioned at the beginning that you have chapters in different schools and the idea of like ex uh, expanding and expanding the exposure to high school students. So can you guys touch upon like how you're able to get to these other schools and if you've learned something about like our school versus another school um, in terms of how they address mental health? Sure. So, I mean, at our school, we have college counselors, but we only have one mental health counselor, which obviously some students utilize, but a lot of students don't know about it or just really because of the stigma, don't feel comfortable going. Um, and I think at public schools, I mean, I'm not really sure how it works, but I'm not sure, do, do they have like a mental health counselor at Palmetto? I mean, like, like you guys were saying, you guys go to a private school and representing the only public school student right here of the four of us, um, Palmetto, thankfully, we have a student body of, I think a little over 3,100. So we, we just say 3,200 students. Um, we're lucky enough to have a trust counselor, a mental health coordinator, a mental health provider, and a social worker. And as well as like our normal, like school counselors who deal with like the rest of student body relations. We have six of them and we have a college counselor. So we do have quite a few counselors on campus. I think that's due mainly in part to our very large student body, right? Like you can't service 3000 students with one mental health uh, counselor or one like school counselor, right? That, that's what they're called. Um, so thankfully we do have quite a few, um, but I know at other schools, they do not have as many as we do. Right. Like, like well, that's what they tell me. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, more than numbers, it's more about are our kids really gonna go and use this? Um, and I think that a big part of, you know, this the stigma surrounding mental health is that maybe they're not comfortable going to an adult, but maybe they're comfortable going to their friends, which is why we wanted to reach out to different schools because we thought if we went to different schools and created this like community of like interconnected listeners, where people could listen to other people's problems and understand it and be able to, you know, from there, tell them it's okay. Um, and that it's not something so weird, which is where we kind of get the name naturally human, um, that they can go and get resources and get help and their friends can help them. And that's really why we reached out to several schools. Um, and we did this through, um, you know, our friends that reached out to their friends and just we, tried to do as much um, networking as possible. But 
through this, we um, are really hoping to create like a really educated community that will work together to listen to others who need help. That's really great. And like I was saying, like we have four different like mental health trained professionals on campus at like, we, we have three at any given time, uh, but one rotates out with the different ones. We have four different ones. Um, and like you were saying that students may know that they're the counselors at their schools, but may not feel like they're comfortable approaching them. Um, I like to think myself a very outgoing person. So I rotate between all of their offices every single day, part of my rounds. Um, I basically live in our school office. So I watch students walk in and out of their offices all day, which is great, right? Because we're taking advantage of the opportunities. Is that is that the right word? The opportunities that we've been given, right? Which is the first step. So just like you were saying, maybe you're not comfortable speaking to an adult. Maybe you just want to talk to your friend. Maybe you just want to talk to a stranger, right? And these are all important things that you guys are addressing. So like, I just think that that's amazing. Real quick, real, real quick. So we like say it officially and not just me saying it in our bio. What <laughs> SDGs do you guys most associate with and why? You guys said quality education and peace, justice and strong institutions. Can you guys just tell me a little bit why? Yeah, um, okay, well, SDG for the quality education, in order to achieve our goal of our nonprofit, people need to be educated about mental health and different mental illnesses. And there's that stigma that we were talking about that surrounds the concept of mental health. And this kind of prohibits people from understanding the issue. And the aim of our nonprofit is to provide a quality education about mental illness for people of all ages. And for SDG 16, the strong institutions, I feel like that goes into like the school systems, having a strong mental health core in school systems and even in politics and society, all sectors, I feel like having a strong mental health presence in all of those places will allow for also quality, better education and also just more awareness about mental health issues and helping bring that stigma through it. I like it. I like it. Thank you guys. Cause now it's official that you guys are SDGs fours and 16. <laughs> we just try to um, really bring that up every time because like your mission is to promote the education of mental health. Our mission is to promote the education of the SDGs and how the United Nations is trying to accomplish what you guys are trying to accomplish. And a lot, uh, all these really important topics that we've discussed in past podcasts um, through the SDGs. And so it just shows how big of an issue this really is and how much um, we should take a stance as a, as, as a world with the United Nations, right? Um, okay, I have one more question and then I know Josie has a final question. Um, and this one's for both of you guys. I'd like to hear both of your answers. Um, we're all seniors, right? So you're going into college next year. So I'm wondering what you guys plan to do both with Naturally Human when you go to college, if you're going to take it to the collegiate level or keep it with high schoolers, like incoming high schoolers. And I wanna know why or how mental health and like the education of mental health is gonna be a part of your future. Is it simply like a side thing that you're really passionate about advocating for? Or is it something you see like as a career path? Um, okay, so, so I'd love to take Naturally Human. I'm going to Emory, so I'd love to take it there and start um, a chapter there, but also um, because of COVID, we 
you know, discovered Zoom. So I think we could continue to do, um, you know, for educational forums together, Kate and I. Um, but something I was thinking about the other day was that I would love if Naturally Human could almost create a curriculum for schools to use. Um, almost like hip, but just really just focused on mental health because, you know, we've been talking about we need um, more education in schools. So I, my thought was, okay, well, there's not. So what if Naturally Human creates a curriculum to teach in schools? So that was my thought. And then in college, I'm studying psychology um, and I plan on doing that. I love helping people and I really am interested in psychology and mental health. It's just always been something I've been interested in um, and just like the helping professions in general. Um, for me, I definitely also want to take natural humans to, to college with me. Um, I'm not necessarily, I might double major in psychology, but that's not my main focus, but it is something that I am passionate about and I do want to take, I'm going to Northwestern, I want to take it with me there. Um, and what, whether it's through clubs there or also taking actually human there and introducing it to that environment. And also I love Sasha's idea about the curriculum and we haven't really talked about together what we would do in terms of keeping it in Miami, but definitely want to have some presence here when we leave. That's amazing. That's amazing. I, I know Olivia is working on Feminism Explained to like, she has it in a way where she can continue it like away. Um, my project, aside from Voices in Miami, whoops, that's loud. Um, aside from Voices in Miami, my personal project's a little bit harder to take other places, maybe as an educational forum, but that's different. So my final question, and then I'll hand it over to Olivia. You guys have this neighbor, okay? Sasha, Kate, you both live in the same house together, okay? And you guys have this neighbor who lives across the street and her name is Jane. Jane is like an elementary school, right? And Jane wants to know how she can help. What do you tell her? Well, I would tell Jane to, well, okay, if she's young, I think that mental health, some topics can be a little much. But I think definitely as like, I was always educated. And honestly, I think a nice thing about my mom was she never really sugarcoated anything. So I guess I kind of take that back. Um, some things I didn't understand because I was young, but just always having this education really made me grow up into someone who now I feel I'm like very educated on mental health. So if she wanted to help, I would tell her to learn and just take in everything. And then just always just be there for a friend. I think, you know, anyone can do that, whether you're really educated or not so much. I think as long as you're a good listener to someone who really needs it, I think that at the end of the day makes the biggest difference. I think also just going off of that, teaching them to be a good person, like having good morals and having like, just being a kind person does help. Just like being there for people, being nice, like not like, like you never know what go someone's going through. So always just being nice to them. Like that's something you really need to teach young. So if they want to help, then like you got to teach them that. I think that advice is really solid, not only for elementary school, Jane, but for everyone listening and for um, everyone in general to kind of create this domino effect now of us, well, you guys spreading the information and now hopefully Josie and I can um, be like, like your audience of like listening, understanding and sharing it with the world, which is like the, the, the idea of like spreading this information. 
Yeah. Sorry, I know I'm like using my hands a lot. You get what I'm trying to say. You the entire p- purpose of this podcast is to let everyone else know about the amazing things you guys are doing, apart from your like audience. So now our, our audience knows all about Naturally Eating. Exactly. And the more people, the better. Right. Snaps for that. Awesome. Well, that is our final ending questions, kind of like our trademark question at the end, because our audience secretly is Jane. So you've just told our audience what to do. So thank you for that. Um, And we are so happy. I know this has been a while in the making trying to set up this interview, but I think the way it was totally worth it. I'm so glad we were finally able to because this topic is so important and I hope it really reaches the audience um, as much as I think it will. Um, Just really quickly, let our audience know how they can get in contact with you if they want to um, learn more about Naturally Human, maybe attend one of your events, something like that. Sure. So you can go to our website, naturally-human, natural, wait, sorry, (laughs) naturallyhuman.org, or you can go to Naturally Human Miami on Instagram. And our website is in the bio. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so, so much and have a great evening. Bye.